0: The OG GOAT still got it. Plus, Brad goes the full Hulk smash. MJ and John A skate right on through. The King's Palace finally gets some wins. Janelle has been hiding a possible major injury. And Ayana lets Tech know that she is ready to make them babies. It's the Challenge All-Stars 2 Episode 9 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Halleball. Thank you so very much for being here with us today. On today's pod, the first weekend. I don't know, many, many months at this point that we've only had the one podcast for the week. We are talking all things All Stars 2, Episode 9, penultimate episode. We've made it right up to the verge of, I guess we've almost technically seen the start of the finals with that twist at the end. But All Things All Stars 2, Episode 9, that is the agenda for the day. As always, we'll do our cliff notes recaps, our storylines, our awards, and finish up with a couple predictions for that final next week. Only programming notes to speak of, or next week will be just like this one, just one pod next week. That will be that All Stars 2 finale podcast covering the 10th and final episode, and possibly, depending how exciting of a finale it is, maybe we'll just turn it into our finale plus season wrap-up, or maybe we'll wait a week to do that. Uh, Worked pretty well on the Spies, Lies, and Allies, so probably do the same for the all-stars and also next week we'll have some more info on what's going to be happening once these wonderful seasons of the challenge are no more and we are officially in full off-season mode so more on that to come next week along with that all-stars 2 episode 10 finale recap next thursday so otherwise Everything else staying the same, hit that follow, hit that subscribe, hit that uh, five-star rating if you don't mind, if you're listening on Spotify, if that's popped up on your Spotify yet it just did on mine for the first time a few weeks ago. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. And with that, let's dive right on into it and head into that Cliff Notes recap. Alrighty, let's start with everything that happened, everything that went down in episode nine, the penultimate episode, right before the finale, All Stars 2, Ep 9, Cliff Notes Recap. All the plot line as fast as we can. Here we go. Three, two, one, and we are off. The hit song, Save the Palace, is officially stuck in everyone's head within the house, much to MJ's chagrin. Everyone gets nervous about the final elimination. We find out that Janelle has been nursing a back injury that has her in constant pain. We then head to the Daily Challenge, where, in a challenge first Three semi-trucks are involved, three of them, one of them a double-decker, TJ has to point out, so basically four. The pairs start on the middle one. The double-decker jump down to the side semi-truck, untie knots, unlock four different keys, use those keys to open the final big box, get that big key out, jump slash climb back onto the middle double-decker to open the final, final box, and end your run. Both partners have to do this on their own side semis. It's timed. You only get 10 total minutes, I think they said, so you've got to get it done before the semis pull away from each other. Now, the women crush this competition with four of the five getting through all of their knots, getting back onto the double-decker, finishing the whole thing. The men, not so much. The only one who does is Nehemiah, who, along with Melinda, get the win as the only pair to finish the whole thing. Coming in last was Brad and Jody, due to Brad just kind of losing his cool and deciding to rip the lock boxes open instead of undoing the knots. They are going into elimination. Back of the house, the choice is obvious. Nehemiah and Melinda put John A.M.J. and Darrell Janelle up for selection, meaning Ayana and Tech are straight into the final along with them. King's Palace rejoices at last. At the selections, Tech and decide to split their vote, send it over to Nehemiah and Melinda to make the final call. They decide to go for the biggest threat in their mind, which is Darrell, and he... And pick he and Janelle. After Darrell opens Notes from Home to find out his grandmother has passed, we then head to the arena. There are the two teams play Smash House. One partner is in a chamber with a fake living room set up. They have to smash things until it's into small enough pieces to fit through a six-inch hole into the next room where their partner is. That partner has to smash those items up to get them small enough to fit through a three-inch hole and out into a tub. Ten minutes of smashing to see who can get the most weight transferred out of their rooms into their tubs. Now it lives up to its name. and every Everyone seems to have a great time taking out some aggression on the cinder blocks that make up a majority of the quote room setup. In the end, it's super close, but Durrell and Janelle pulled out 357 to 355 pounds. Very, very close. Jody and Brad head home, and the remaining eight players don't have much time to celebrate or prepare because TJ announces the final starts now. Literally right now. He tells them to head to the beach and get ready to start. It's nighttime. Who the hell knows what's going on, TJ? Always with those twists. That is where the episode ends. Whew. All right. So a lot went down. We're down to our eight final eight teams. The last pair has gone home. We've got some injuries. We've got a really good elimination and challenge. We got the King's Palace song being sung over and over and over again. A lot to talk about. So let's move into the storylines segment and discuss it all in depth. With the storylines, we've got a couple to cover here. They do, they dwindle a little by this point of the season with, you know, especially given eventually the winner of the Daily Challenge, everything. There's a lot of obvious decisions being made. There's not a lot of strategizing going on in this. There's not a lot of backstabbing. there With the season, that became two very clear factions of the House alliances. Uh, It leads to the last couple episodes not being all that Um, You know, suspenseful as far as who's going to go in, but suspenseful as far as who's going to win some of the the challenges in the elimination. So let's start first with one of the biggest storylines of the episode. And that was Janelle's injury in the next week on last week. We saw that this was going to come up and we didn't know if this is one of those, you know, Moments where the challenge editors are just setting us up for a whole big nothing, and you know, her back's a little hurt, but then we never hear about it again, or her back's hurt and she's going home because she's really, really, really hurt and shouldn't be competing. You never know when you see something like that in the next week on, but we get here, we find out that she had a really bad back injury way back in 2014, I think she said 2014, and that it was three to four years or more even before she ever got it back to being 100% kind of back to normal, uh, fully fully rehabbed and every, everything seemingly back in a good place. But then that earlier this season, I, and I believe uh, I was slightly confused at first, but then they showed the clip too, and she made sure to mention the 30-foot jump into the cenote because she references jumping into the cenote, which... For the first time in like six episodes, we don't go to the cenote this episode, but we've been there a lot this season. So at first I was a little confused. When did this injury happen? Was this just last, you know, the a day or two before, the, the episode before that we've seen? But no, it was a few episodes back, probably, I don't know, maybe a week or so back in the actual time of that they've been there when they had to do the 30-foot jump down into the cenote, and she kind of landed a little bit on her back, a little sideways, and re-aggravated whatever she's got going on. She was in constant pain. She tells us to Brad, and she makes mention that, you know, if it wasn't for this being a partner game, if this was individual, I probably would go home because it would, you know, my career matters to me, my family, and obviously my just my physical health. Back is a scary, scary thing to have any pain in. Um, and without real details of what's going on, you know, Literally, we don't even need them because it's the back. And if, you know, there's any pain in your back, that's the last place you really want pain um, in your body as far as bones and muscles are considered. Um, so it does seem legitimately bad. Um, and I definitely take her at her word that if this was not, if she was solo, if this was 100% individual game still, that we might have seen Janelle bow out at some point. But wanting to stick it out with Durrell, she, you know, has been sticking out so far. She brings it up to him, what seemingly is the first time she's, you know, talking to Brad seemed to be, um, maybe it's just the first we're seeing, but seemed, I don't know how it doesn't get back to Darrell, otherwise uh, seemed to be that was the first time she ever brought it up, then she tells Darrell, and Darrell's reaction is um, appreciated, because I I would say that I, I would love to say that I would react perfectly in this situation, that Um, You know, I would be able to just immediately be like, oh, we got to get you taken care of. Like, don't think another moment about the game or like me or anything. Like, if you're if you're hurt and it's your back, like, let's get up on out of here. I would love to think that's immediately what I would do or say or that anyone would do or say. But I'm also a real person who knows. I definitely wouldn't. I would immediately probably the selfish part of the brain is going to immediately be like, holy shit. My partner's telling me that her back is done for. Is is she telling me that she's quitting? Is she telling me that we have zero chance of competing? Is she telling me, like, is it over? Like, that's all you can think of. And it seems to be all he can kind of think of, at least at first. He's a little, once the initial conversation goes down, uh, he he handles it a little better later on. And again, he doesn't necessarily like handle it bad. It's just a, it's just a immediate, like, ah, shit. Like, are we, so are we done? We're not. Okay. Well, uh, you know, if you go home, it's me too. And, That's all we got to say. Until you got something like else to say, I'm gonna get back in my bed and just gonna go to bed or whatever. So not the not the greatest reaction, but totally understood. And again, um, you know, I I caught myself for a moment being like, oh, geez, like come on, like a little more sympathy right off the bat, and then being like, yeah, I guess I I probably maybe would have done the exact same thing or had the exact same reaction because you're in this in this house, especially with the expedite timeline, you're literally thinking we're one day away from the final, like we're about to go do a daily challenge and then have a, an elimination. And then tomorrow we're going to do the final, like, damn, <laughs> it's tomorrow. Like we're 24 hours away. Maybe they're 48 hours away. If it's two time timeframe, but like, we're right there. Like, of course you're going to react that way. And final question on the injuries, then, you know, they're able to do, she does the daily challenge, um, and says you know, seems to be maybe in some pain, but does, does it. And, you know, she's got to move around a lot. Got to get up and down, uh, jump up onto the rig, uh, and she does fine, or doesn't doesn't just do fine, does great. As for the five women, do we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, gets the whole thing done, and then in the elimination as well, crushes it. Doesn't seem to have necessarily any problems. Um, and you know, is in a. You know, Darrell mentioned his back tightening up in the uh, in the in the elimination he's swinging that sledgehammer a little more uh she's taking a a little bit more smart approach with her busting up and just kind of sitting by the her three inch hole in the wall and smashing stuff up at her feet and tossing it in down on her knees where she can actually maybe not ruin that lower back the way Darrell is just you know begging for his lower back to stop flaring up as he swings that sledgehammer over and over but how is it going to affect the final you know we'll get ahead of ourselves here we're going to keep talking about the rest of this episode at the very end we will make our predictions for the final but it should be said you know a bad back uh you don't want to do anything on that certainly um and you know if we were rating things you would be a little bit more equipped to do versus not do i'm gonna guess carrying stuff while constantly running or walking is about as low on it as you want um you know There's rarely in a final is there anything like pure, like physical, physical, like hitting each other, wrestling, anything like that. Great. But just the endurance alone, um, going uphill, I'm guessing they're going up some sort of mountain somehow, some way. Um, I'm guessing they're going to have to jump off a couple of things. I'm guessing they're going to have to carry a bunch of stuff. Uh, That's going to be really hard. So we'll see how it affects her then. But so far, you know, so far so good. I mean, they've been competing well. It seems like they've done multiple dailies with this going on and now on this one you know do pretty she does really really well in the daily and great in the elimination so we will see as for that daily let's talk about that next daily challenge i did not write down the name so i do not remember what it's called but a challenge first they've got three semi-trucks which i i feel like there's got to have been three semi-trucks at some point before um as many times as they've used semi trucks at this point, I just I, I was kind of blown away when TJ said a challenge first. But uh, you know they know they know better than I for sure. Um, overall, I'm going to give this daily challenge a B plus. Uh, the recap: what they had to do the middle double decker uh, bus. They start on top, they jump down on you know under each individual semis over on the side. They got to undo about three or four knots a piece to undo four different. Uh, lock boxes, get a lock out, run to the other side of the semi, put it in a lock, come back at the Necron, do that four times, unlock the big one, take that key, jump up and climb up the rope to get back on top of the big double-decker, open that box. Both partners have to do it before the time limit is up and the buses pull, semi-trucks, excuse me, pull away from each other. And uh, before we get to (laughs) winners and losers, who does well, who doesn't, uh, B-plus overall strengths of this daily challenge it is pretty neat visually. Sometimes the being on top of the truck doesn't really like do anything because then the camera is static in relationship to the people and you don't actually it's you know just kind of like I don't know, there's not really a point of them other than sure, I'm sure they're a little more nervous being on a moving vehicle versus on land, but from our view it doesn't change much. This one actually getting to see them go back and forth from top to bottom, uh was a little bit it was pretty neat visually. And it was a challenge that is a pure composure challenge. This is not a physical. This is not a mental. This is a composure challenge. The knots, there's a lot of them, but they seem to be very, very basic, regular style knots that if you just stay composed, you can move through quickly. The locks, yes, everything's shaking, as Nehemiah and many others point out, you know, trying to hold a lock with one shaking hand, try to put the key in with the other shaking hand. Everything's shaking. Everything's moving. It's not really working. Just composure and not freaking out. That it takes you five seconds to do something that you think should take you half a second, and then the just the whole thing. The whole thing is composure, not freaking out about how long do I have. All of it is just stay composed, stay focused, and just move through it as quickly as you can. But not, you know, it's not. It, it's yeah, it's composure over mental or or physical. That's what we're getting at. Weaknesses kind of of the challenge. Gotta say, <laughs> it's a lot of production. Again, three semis, one of them a double decker. A lot of production involved in essentially a challenge of who can undo four knots the fastest and in time, because that's kind of all it is. <laughs> it's just undoing the four little rope knots. Um, And so that's a whole lot of setup and work and producing to get to an end result that's ultimately just untying four sets of knots and putting some keys in so uh yeah b plus overall though i did really enjoy it, and should the most thing this is one of them that would be very very fun and is that type of stuff that you know a lot of the dailies fit into um but not all of them certainly where the players you know say this is why we come back over and over even if we don't need the money if we've won or we lost or whatever we get to do crazy wild shit that you would never do anywhere else this is one of those where it's like yeah that that seems like it would be very very fun Winners of this challenge, the little winners-losers here. Uh, the winners, all the women, all of them, even uh, four out of five, even Jody, who is the only one of the women not to actually finish the entire thing. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, and her fingers were literally like bleeding afterwards. I don't know if she got the wrong set of ropes or what. Um, but the women crush it. Uh, even in the case of Nehemiah and Melinda, the only pair that get it done, Melinda smokes Nehemiah and finishing it. Uh, the women are way ahead of the guys in every single one of the heat. They've again, four out of the five of them get the job done and get up there and just absolutely crush it. As for losers, all the men, basically, uh, excluding Nehemiah, Nehemiah is a winner. Um, and, but the other four do really, really poorly. Um, and most certainly Brad, which this will just lead us right into, we'll move on from the daily challenge to talk about just Brad and Jody in general. Did they just not listen to the rules, like, at all? Did they just completely black out when TJ or whatever producer comes in and maybe explains the rules of the game to them or what they were going to be doing? Because the moment their heat starts, first, Jody literally doesn't seem to know what she was about to do. It seemed like someone was like in having to tell her as it happened, like there, she was just on top of the thing. She jumps down and then it's like, wait, Oh, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, we gotta, we gotta untie these. There's knots like what's going on. I don't, I don't even know. Like, was she not listening at all? And then Brad, Brad, uh, Jody, at least maybe if she didn't seem like she totally knew what she was supposed to do it, she starts doing it. She figures it out pretty quickly. Um, Brad, Literally, like immediately, it's the first box. I would, this would make sense if it was like an editing thing. It's like, well, it's on the third box and maybe he's freaking out because of the time, whatever. It's like, no, it's the moment he jumps down, he looks and he's like, wait, I have to like do something to open this box. What do you mean? I thought I was just going to grab the key and go. Like, they very clearly told you about the, the ropes, the knots thing, like, very, very clearly. He just immediately two-hand grabs and is like, nah, this seems like a handle. I can just rip this off. Just rips it off. And shouldn't Brad be very, very aware, or has it just been too many years, shouldn't he be very aware to not break any rules about ripping things? If you remember back on the duel, maybe... Brad has been, uh, to his credit, uh, sometimes detriment, credit, either way you want to look at it, though, uh, his career is filled. He's a part of a lot of big, famous, iconic challenge moments where he's good, bad, or indifferent, but involved in them. One of those, one of his earliest, was on the duel he versus CT, the last elimination of the season to see who get the, who got to face Wes in the final. CT smokes him. They're like pushing the little, you know, the big log where you stand on either side and try to turn it around a turnstile, and you get it all the way around, and you have to unclip a flag from the ground. CT just moves him with no, no problem at all. And a couple seconds slack, gets to the flag, and then famously rips The flag off instead of taking his time and unhooking it he gets disqualified he goes home brad goes to the final was a huge 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 moment um so brad knows about not ripping things when you're not supposed to uh it's been a long time since the duel maybe he's forgotten or maybe he just i don't know but he freaked out on top of that semi truck just rips him off which while a complete bonehead move um Kind of impressive how easily he just is like, well, I could just rip them and just rip them one, two, three, four right in a row. Um, not as impressive. He Even though he just straight rips all of them off pretty quickly, he doesn't actually get done uh, with the whole thing. Um, but wouldn't matter. They're DQ'd. Um, and as for, they, you know, eventually they go home, uh, which we'll talk about the arena at the, at the end of this. But, you know, Brad and Jody as a pair... They had the endurance, they had the strength all day long. They were number one in the class, number one in this cast for sure on the endurance front and the strength front, male and female. No doubt about it. They just literally didn't have the brains or as we said with this daily, the composure, either one of them. And the composure thing was, it was a bit of an Achilles heel for both of them back in the day when they were on the show before. Brad, definitely, this is not the first time we've seen some anger things for him. And Jody, it's not the first time we've seen her kind of just get, you know, she even in the the duel when she won, um, there, you know, a little paranoia could set in, a little bit, uh, kind of just, you know, apprehension or just kind of stress that she'd wear on her sleeves, um, and so, you know, that lack of composure uh, catches up with them, uh, the the inability to, you know, say. This is a brain first operation, not a strength and endurance, especially when we get to the the arena here. Uh, we'll talk about that game was a, just as much if not more brains and strategy than the endurance and strength and they definitely went with the were the strongest and the most fit here. so like let's just smash, smash smash, smash smash. Um, but I'm honestly kind of shocked they didn't win this season. Uh, we predicted early in the season that you know that de- if Derek could go home, Brad would slide in with Jody as partner and they could dominate that essentially happened up until this very episode. They, that Derek went home, Brad immediately is like, Jody, we got to be partners. Anytime it's partners again, then they become full on partners when the twist in the middle of the season and they win a couple dailies, they're dominating. They're clearly, if they would have ran the final, unless the the whole thing is just purely puzzles or something, um, those two those two are gonna wipe the floor with this final I I believe that I stand by that but that's why you gotta throw them in eliminations they have a better chance of losing those so good on nehemiah and Melinda for doing that let's talk about each of these two individually here for a moment since we're saying goodbye to them at the end uh Jody definitely I think this season earned uh her reputation as one of the best females to have ever played the game she as thankfully that she and the producers are you know, the show, whatever, brought up a couple different times this season. She was the first female to ever win an individual season. Her and Wes back on the duel were the first ever individual winners. That was the first individual season. She won in a pretty good cast on the female side, pretty just an all, all around amazing cast all the way through show and sports side, both in consideration there. Um, but she really proved that, you know, a decade or whatever later it is uh, solidified that reputation as, you know, she came back into the all-star house and was kind of immediately, everyone looking at her as the dominant physical threat on the female side and uh, lived up to that reputation for sure. So that was awesome to see um, and definitely enjoyed having her back. I would love to see her back on another season or two of All-Stars. As for Brad, 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 uh, he's got one of the biggest, uh, he's he's not necessarily one that I root, like over-the-top root for, uh, as I think I've said before on the podcast, I I have a small handful of people that I'm I will fully admit to like I'm completely biased. I just decided at one point I love these people. I stand these people. I'm I'm ride or die for these people. And it's gonna take a lot of shitty behavior or whatever for me to to move off of that. But for the most part, it's about like eighty percent of the cast that I'm like yeah they're they I'm like rooting for them in the sense I like them and you know want them. Want them to have do well and good things to occur to them. There's maybe only about ten percent or so that I'm like, nah, fuck these people. Like, I don't. Want, I want them to lose. I don't want them on the show. I don't want. I I don't like these people in any. I don't have none. of No value brought to me through this show because of their their appearance on it. And then another ten percent that's kind of that stand category. So a big group in the middle that's just like, yeah, I like I like enjoy these people. And maybe that could even be split into two. But Brad's in that big chunk of like. I, I definitely like him. I root for him, you know, in a vacuum. I would say I root for Brad. Um, but he is one that has an outsized uh, kind of piece of my heart. Uh, it's separate from, like, rooting for him to, like, win the game as, like, a competitor, as a challenger. As on, like, the personal human level, there's there's a bit of my heart any time that Brad is on a season that's just like, I just – this guy, I think he he just needs a win. Like, come on, man. Like, can we – can we get this guy a win like he's capable and deserving and feels like he could need it um and i think that's because he so very much so he wears everything on his sleeves so so much and is so like it's not even i mean he it is he is a very authentic person i think but it's that's not even the exact the number one uh word I'm looking for here of his authenticness he He's, uh, like, 100% of the time in kind of, like, Brad mode, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, so I guess 100% of the time, like, really, really authentically him. But he wants, he clearly is, like, you know, I am a good person, and it matters to me to be a good person, and he wants, you know, wants to wear that, wants it, you know, wants people to know, like, I, I want to be a good, fair, honest, you know, person, even in this game and treat people right and have friendships and have meaning and everything. But he also clearly has some demons and, you know, we, you know, which we all do. Uh, I certainly do almost everyone out there. I'm sure can, you know, in their own privacy, say they've got some of their own. He wears those on his sleeves a little bit as well. Um, just from, you know, when we, when we saw, he had the huge break. He came back for vendettas and final reckoning. And he definitely, you know, had kind of turned everything about his personality kind of up to 10. And there was a little bit of that anger coming through that was always there before, but then it was like, you know, we've observed there was a personal life that happened between when we saw you for a multi-year stretch on the show. And then you came back for a couple seasons and now we're seeing you on all stars. And he just wears all that on his sleeves at all times. And he seems like such a great guy that can just have moments of, I'm just going to use my muscles to figure this out. <laughs> and, you know, that costs him here. But I just, I really want him to win so, so bad, um, which makes me, you know, I want him to come back to all-stars. I think he can win. I, you know, I, I'm shocked again that he, that they didn't end up winning this season. I want him to get that win. But I also will say, as much as I would love to have him come back on all-stars and get an all-stars win and just ha- get a win and get the money and, you know, have a real, a real good win on, you know, to add to his belt. I think he is my top candidate to go back to the flagship show of any, of anyone that's been on these first two seasons of all-stars or anyone out there really, um, you know, the, the, of the older school, you know, that was around in the first, during the first, you know, 15, 15 to 20 seasons or so, um, other than, of course, there's a few, but the others that I'd pick above them are ones that like have been on as recently or seem to still be in the in the ether of the flagship show. Um, but the reason is there's a few things I would want to look for in someone like one of the OGs to go back to the flagship. There's plenty that I would love to see. Um, admittedly, yes, a lot more on the male side, just because uh, I think there's a few more of them that maybe on physically can stand up to it and that I wouldn't I wouldn't feel that bad if Mark Long went on the flagship and they're like, hey, guess what, buddy? You get to do a Hall Brawl versus Nelson or Fessy or Josh or someone. I'd be like, okay, uh, you know, he signed up for it. Great. Um, But out of everyone that, you know, I, I would love to see the Godfather, go, but that'd be incredible. But I think Brad is the perfect candidate for two specific reasons. One, it just, if if anyone's going to do it, if anyone's going to go, I've come back in all-stars Kind of re re get the engines going here, and then I jump over to the flagship, and I haven't been there in forever. Uh, they have to be able to physically compete. That's that's kind of the the first thing. And, you know, that's the dip. real difference between the two seasons. When it really comes down to it, is the physical the level of physical competition is a bit different. Um, and he certainly can still stand up to that in the flagship. No problem. Still can compete with all of them physically. It would seem. And so once that's met, the second reason, the the reason I thought I think it would just be an unbelievable to have Brad go back to the flagship house, and we saw a lot of this on Vendettas and Final Reckoning, um, but he is just the perfect mixture of volatile and fun as a choice for a house dad that would just be fed up with everyone else in the house and all the younger people and all the shenanigans and shit that they're pulling that... Yeah, he might have been a part of, you know, a decade ago, but he ain't having it. Like, we got a couple great moments of that on Final Reckoning and Vendettas, but I still feel like he was kind of figuring some, figuring some things out in his personal life. You know, he had the relationship with Britney. Um, I would just love to see him back in the flagship house continually telling people to... Uh, I, I could see him being similar to, like, what Ayana uh, an episode ago was doing, where it's, like, everyone she's just you know picking up after everyone and everyone and then like making people know and they're all like we don't give a fuck we're on vacation and i feel like if brad went the flagship house he would be the one like every little altercation or argument he'd you know be trying to talk him down tell him you know how to be a good person this that the other but would also get super mad and if they poked his buttons would like pop off at him but then also could Walk into, uh, you know, having to put the shoulder pads on a daily challenge and wreck some people still as the older guy in the room, all of it would be great. So, let's get Brad back on the flagship. Um, that's their storyline. The final thing to touch on then is the arena. We briefly mentioned it a couple times in passing. I'm given the game they played, which is called Smash House, a full on A. Uh, it's a physical mental mix, beautifully mixing the physical and the mental. I like ones that have a time limit that we kind of have an idea of where it's at the whole time and kind of an idea of how it's going. This is definitely one, though, like I always say, it's 10 minutes. You know, why can't this show be six minutes longer? Why can't, you know, it was four or five minutes worth of, of showing us them doing the daily, their, the elimination. I want to see a clock that says 10 minutes in the corner and I want to watch the whole thing. Give me the, the all 22 film of this. Put it on MTV.com. Put it on your Instagram somewhere. I want to just watch the full 10-minute thing. It's not that long. Let me see it. It also it seems so much fun to do this. And as we alluded to before, the brain matters way more than the muscles. We'll come back to that in a moment. The only weaknesses I would see of of this challenge, the only reason it's not A plus is eventually we are just watching the same thing over and over. So They're really relying on kind of the confessionals to carry to carry the show here for a few minutes while we're watching them do this and hoping and really relying on it being a tight race so that the suspense can be built and built and built. Um, But even saying that again, I just said I would happily watch the full 10 minute put the clock on this corner like a true sporting event. Let me see that. Um, So an A overall strategy corner. Uh, Darrell and Janelle kind of did this. I don't know if it was 100% on purpose or thought through or if it was just on Janelle's end and Darrell didn't really know. And so it was when she could, she did it and didn't, when she couldn't, she didn't. But Monday morning quarterback looking at this with hindsight while having watching it be done, it seems like the obvious strategy is the first person, Brad and Durrell in this case, if they can smash the stuff small enough to fit fit through both of the holes so that the second person can just simply sit over against the wall where there's the second smaller hole is and have, you know, if Darrell smashes it up small enough to go through both, he can throw it through his hole pretty easily if they're that small and they take up, you know, half of the size, which will get all the way across. Janelle could be sitting right there and just pick it up and dump into the box without having to do any smashing herself. I think that would ultimately be a little bit faster. And there's probably, if you take your time again, that composure part coming back on, the first uh, cinder block or two, which by the way, uh, lovely living room setup. TJ just twenty cinder blocks to hold up your couple shelves in your chair or whatever. Just lovely, lovely design work there um, uh, by the interior design team at the challenge. Uh, but I also think there was a way. You know, Brad and Durrell were just going full on, like just smash the shit. Brad clearly really enjoyed picking up each block and smashing it against the ground. Two hands over the head. Durrell really clearly liked using that sledgehammer. All the power to him. It did remind me a little bit though of uh when what I think it was Total Madness. Yeah, Total Madness, I believe, when Tori and Jenna had an elimination where they had to smash a bunch of cinder blocks um into like through a grate. Like they had to stand on top of a grate and they'd smash cinder blocks and the pieces that would fall through the grate would fall down to a wheelbarrow below that they'd go wheelbarrow over and dump in their their weight bucket or whatever. And Jenna ended up beating Tori, and it was almost exclusively due, they both performed really well, but it was really due to Jenna kind of taking her time early on and figuring out how do I smash these blocks to make the right size of what I'm doing. There's a different way to drop them on their side, the short side, the long side, on the edge, whatever. And Tori was just more going like, just ferocious, like just smash, 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 and... Till I think I'm done. Um, and I think there was a way for Brad and Darrell here, similar to that, to, hey, how do I, what's the proper way to smash the cinder block that clearly smash very easily? Is there a way to do it where, you know, I end, where one smash straight down flat on a side versus on an edge versus the long side, the short side, where I kind of repeatedly end up with a lot more usable pieces in one smash versus having to pick up a couple big pieces and smash those or a couple, you know, or a couple of them, they did it and it was like, dude, that thing blew up on impact. Like you have no pieces left. It's all freaking dust everywhere. Um, So I think the strategy definitely is take your time at the beginning, figure out how, what's the best way to smash these to get the optimal pieces. And then again, if, if those are small enough, That first person, just chuck them all the way through to the other side and make them small enough so the second person doesn't actually have to smash all that much. Um, That's where we said from the start, it's way more brains than muscles. It's endurance for sure. You got to keep it moving 10 minutes without stopping. It's endurance, but it's not as much just, hey, who can smash this block the hardest? Like, yeah, Brad, you win. You absolutely win. Hey, who can swing this sledgehammer the hardest or the most accurate? Yeah, Darrell, like you win. Um, but it was way more how how do you use your how do you use your strength in an efficient smart manner um but Durell and Janelle get the win and they they you know they didn't dominate both both all four of them dominated honestly I mean it also was one 10 minutes is a long time to be doing that kind of physical that kind of physical work especially with all the how hyped up you are, and then to have like some like when you get to smash something and it feels really good, and then you start putting a little more into it than you even need to. You're using way more energy. You're hyped up. You're breathing heavy. 10 minutes is a long time. So hats off to all four of them. With that, I believe that's our four storylines here. We have double-checking here. Brad Jody, Janelle's injury, The Daily, The Arena. Great. Got it all covered. A few more things of note to discuss, but we will do so via handing out our hardware, our final I guess not our final awards of the season. I guess there would still be a, yeah, there'll still be a best quote and moment and MVP uh, of the finale episode. So our second to last award ceremony of the season, let's move into that segment and hand out some hardware. First award, as always, the tech money award for the best fit of the episode in honor of our King tech made this entire award. Basically, because of his wonderful wardrobes that he was bringing into the All-Stars house and from what we had seen from season one and also from just the challenge in general, we've always thought we should maybe comment on the wardrobes that can be a little bit out of control from time to time. And I'm honestly now at this point of the season thinking that, one, if Tech is on the season... Maybe we shouldn't have this award, or maybe it should just be, hey, was Tech's outfit fire or not this week? And that could be its own segment, because he's just going to pretty much win every time. And I'm also thinking, this is much more an award that we need to maybe do in the on the flagship show, because... Uh Thought we'd get you know last week we got the ten seconds of the nineties party and I was like hey I want to see what everyone's wearing to this what, what kind of random clothes did they pull out from the nineties and the early two thousands to wear to this like come on show it to us um so we haven't got to see as much of it as we thought on this season and also just the flagship series is a little more like you know is Fessy trying to pull off that Dwayne the Rock Johnson turtleneck and you know look with the fanny pack and whatever is uh you know people do people go all out and there's you know. 36 of them to start and they're getting dressed up for the cocktail party the first night and all that. But we still got the award for now for this season and the tech money award for the best fit of this episode. Honestly, probably should go to tech, but we've given it to him like seven of the eight times or something crazy like that. So the one other one piece of uh, clothing that we spotted that we were into because again, this, the last few episodes have also just been a lot more like they're at the daily And then they're doing the selections and then they're at the arena and they're all re-wearing clothes we've seen by this point of the season. But I don't, if I'd seen it before, I haven't noticed, but I definitely would say the one piece of clothing I would have, you know, bought straight off of someone in this episode is Nehemiah's short sleeve hoodie, the white with the black accents in it. Love me a short sleeve hoodie. You You can say I'm a total dork for that. That's totally fine. I'm into it. And I thought he had a really, really great one. And I don't think we've seen that this season and everyone else, uh, you know, tech wore, had a great outfit, but I believe we've seen it multiple times. Um uh, A couple of the ladies had uh, some nice dresses going on for the selections. I believe we've seen all of them before. Uh, I, saw, I think I glanced MJ rocking the, the classic MTV logo t-shirt yet again. We've seen multiple times over. So we're going to give it to Nehemiah, but probably should be to tech anyways. But they're both kings. They can share it. They can put it up on the mantle in the king's palace and they can, you know, they can look at them and be like, hey, we won all those. And tech can be like, well, I won most of them. But yeah, we both won them. Anyways, on to the best moment of the episode. Three nominees for the best moment. First one is the song and dance in the entire interaction before the daily challenge between tech and Iana, which we will talk about specific words from it here in a moment for best quote. But you know, they go back and forth. There's mention of babies. Then there's a song sang about the baby. And I'm really impressed by Tech. I don't know if this was the just totally off the cuff or if this has come up before. It seems like maybe Ayanna's mentioned wanting to have babies with Tech a time or two before to his face. Who knows? But the little dance, the baby in the stomach, now you push it down. I mean, it's just like an actual legit dance. I was like, hey, you guys look good. But that whole interaction was hilarious and great. Second moment. Durrell reading the notes from his family. Real, real vet move by Durrell. Uh First off, vet move by Darrell and his family. Um, and oh, like just absolute flex of a move by his family to be like, hey, we're going to all, you know, we're going to write you these letters um, do not open them until the morning of the final. What a flex to be like, hey, dude, we know who you are. We know who you are. You you're gonna be in that final, so you wait till the morning of the final, and then you read these for motivation. Not a day sooner, but then also the the vet move by Durrell to be like, hey, the final probably is tomorrow anyways. So I'm pretty much waited to the time, but I'm going into elimination. I don't wanna. I want to have the moment of reading these here while they're gonna mean a lot to me. They're gonna mean a lot if I read them on my on the bus ride when my ass is getting sent back home, but they're gonna be a lot more right now. So he gets them out, he reads them. Uh finds out his grandmother has passed. Gets the picture of her, has the notes from it looked like he had multiple of them. So I think his wife, multiple, multiple kids. Um really, really heartwarming and uh touching stuff. And uh really, really cool to have that with Darrell too. I feel like he's one over the years that um you know He's just always been this this incredibly cool character, this really just really cool guy. Everyone looks up to him. And you know, early days on the show, he was a little bit more of a goofball, a little bit more a little bit more in the in the kind of party scene, in the kind of you know in the interactions of the house. He obviously has the big you know famous famous punch and Brad out on the ruins. And but you know, it, we we've always known he's one been on the main season, the flagship seasons with. Knowing like he's got a, a full on family back at home with like kids that are you know a, multiple years old that are like actively growing up and whatever, and I feel like we've never got tons of you know he's he keeps it close to the vest you know he doesn't he doesn't let a lot through only the minimal he needs to and otherwise just rides and like you know I'm I'm the, I was the first ever goat four time champ coolest guy in the room that's it you can know I'm a boxer and that's it and so it was really nice to have that moment. Uh, with him, you know, prayers to him and his family for, you know, losing a loved one. Um, but it was a very touching thing and a very, uh, it was nice to have a a moment like that with Darrell, a very real moment um, and learn a little bit more about him and go behind the scenes, even if it comes at the, ex, you know, coming at the expense of, you know, personal tragedy. Um, our heart goes out to the family for that. Third and final moment, that's the nominee for moment of the week, TJ's twist. At the end, we will talk about it here uh when we do our predictions for next week's episode. But uh second time, gotta say, all those all those people that uh out there talking about all stars versus the flagship and what to do and what not to do. And uh, TJ's dropping a lot of twists this season and comes with yet another one. So they're headed straight to the final and that I I was shocked. Honestly, I was zero expectation of that. I feel like usually TJ's twists um if you don't you might not always know the moment they're coming, but you're kind of aware one's coming. I didn't think I didn't think anything other than like, get some sleep, like this final's gonna be brutal. I thought it was just gonna be the regular that speech. Instead it was get some sleep, final's gonna be brutal, but also don't get some sleep because the final starts right now. Um, so that was an incredible moment. Of those three, I've gotta give the award. Best moment of the episode to Durell reading the notes from his family again. Just really heartwarming uh stuff. And Peeling some layers back from the OG goat Darrell. Best quote, four nominees. First one, MJ, who th- thankfully is takes the, the words right out of, I'm going to assume most viewers' mouths, certainly this viewer, and I say this out of love, love the King's Palace, love the song, Song stuck in my fucking head for like weeks on end now. Even more than, you know, the, the the poor people in the house that we have this opening montage of all of them, you know, singing it. John A's cooking is like, God damn it, I'm singing the song again. Someone's brushing their teeth. God damn it, I'm singing the song again. They're all they're all singing it. MJ is the only one who's like, you know what? Fuck this song. And that really hit home for me because we're on like episode five or four or five or we're on episode like six or seven of the King's Palace, which is fantastic. We're on at least episode four straight up of like the song being very, very prevalent. And that's we're on like week four of me having the song, the words save the palace, save the palace in my head. So let's hear MJ and his uh his reaction to that being stuck in his and everyone else's head. <laughs> I'm used to that shit now, but that song just sounded terrible. It was catchy oh my god like i'm taking a shower brushing my teeth i'm humming it seven dollars, seven dollars. shut the fuck up i guess it does have you singing it uh. then second nominee we've got Durrell commenting on brad's strategy of just ripping the boxes off instead of undoing the knots let's hear that from Durrell. come on what the fuck Rip that shit off. (laughs) I guess Brad didn't listen to the rules. You have to untie the knots, okay? You can't just rip the box off like you the goddamn Hulk. Calm down, brother. Someone had to make the Hulk reference there. It had to happen, and then they get to, he does get to smash stuff later. feels like Brad's kind of in on the whole Hulk thing with him. Third nominee is the one we referenced before during Best Moment, that is Ayana. to Tech. Tech, you know, says we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna make this, we're gonna make that. And then Ayana, maybe it's the first time she's letting these feelings be known, but she to Tech directly, she's let it be made known through her confessionals to us, the fan. But she lets Tech know that there's something she would like to make with him. Let's hear that exchange from her and them. Ayana, you ready? Yeah, we've been fighting like a married couple, but uh we're gonna make up and make it right today. Maybe make a baby. <laughs> Do the baby, do the baby, do the baby, do the baby. Now push it up, now push it up, now push it up. Ready? Again, Tech coming up with a dance right on the spot like that. Just fantastic stuff all around from both of those two who have been pure joys all season long. And then fourth and final nominee is Tech himself, uh, who stands up for all of us dumb Americans out there, us dummies using... I don't, us. I'm, I'm such an extreme dummy that I almost just messed up the, the different measurement systems and TJ, just to mess with everyone, comes out and says this, you know, they were only this many kilos different and all of us are like, wait, is a kilo weigh more or less than a pound, TJ? Because I don't know if that's close, if you're trying to make this sound closer or further apart. And Tech stands in and lets know be you known, he don't know what a kilo is either, and that's just fine. So, Tech, let's hear that from him. Oh, wow, one kilo. Wow, I don't know how much a kilo is, but it doesn't sound like a lot. Two pounds separated you. And with that, the the quote of the week. It's gonna go to Ayana, <laughs> maybe make a baby. Uh, but I also I just have to real quick. Re, re, I just remembered listening to Tech ask what the kilo was. Um, the final count on the uh, the arena game was 357 pounds to 355 pounds, and I've got some questions. I'm just, let's just leave it at that. Ten minutes through a three-by-three-inch hole, 350 pounds of cinder block. I mean, I don't know. But maybe I wrote down the numbers wrong. Maybe there was kilos, and kilos are not anywhere near. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I question the numbers a little bit. I would have loved could did I, the, the the scale was sitting right there in front of TJ. I'm guessing potentially did all of the challengers have to like watch him weigh it and see the results and then have to be like act surprised when he says it. Um, who knows? But best quote Ayana, and then the episode MVP. This one was actually a unanimous one. One of the surprise unanimous. You'd think there's a good amount of people who could win some votes here, but no, you're wrong. Unanimous episode MVP Darrell. Um, he's got good quotes and confessionals throughout. He's a part of all of the, the storylines of, of the episode. Essentially, um, he has, you know, the best moment that we talked about reading the letters. He gets the elimination win and, uh, you know, he handles, I love how he handled the selection process and his little monologue there and how he just is all, he plays the game the way he plays the game, true to himself all the way through. He's the episode MV. So, those are your awards. Nehemiah, the best fit. Durrell, the best moment. Ayana, the best quote. And Durrell, the episode MVP. With that, let's move into our final segment. That is our predictions. We're not even going to do the power rankings because they are just basically the predictions for who will win the final. So, let's close it out with that. On the prediction front, we can finally update and finish out our. Preseason and the midseason predictions. We did horrible, folks. We did absolutely goddamn awful. How, how, we started really strong. Things were looking great. Initially, first couple episodes were like, damn, I got to go 10 for 10, naming all the finalists and the winners. My first two season long predictions from episode one and two, nailed them. Couldn't have got them more right. And then things just went off a cliff. By the end of the season now, we officially, you know, only eight people made the final, not ten. I only got three of them right, Darrell, Janelle, and Melinda. I got Brad, Tyler, Cahutta, Ryan, Jody, Kendall, Jasmine, all wrong. And, of course, Brad and Jody, who I said would win, and I felt fantastic about right up until the moment where they lost this episode, and they're gone. So I got that one wrong. As for the midseason predictions that we were making one episode at a time, we got three right, four wrong, including two that were knocked out this week with Darrell not seeing an elimination, that happened. And uh, MJ and John A, flipping, that never happened. So three for four on those, you know, three for seven. Oh, plus I got first to go home wrong. Three for three and 11 on preseason predictions, three and four midseason predictions. But that won't stop us from predicting what will happen next week in the finals. Of course, it won't. In lieu of a power rankings, because at this point, one, one episode left, the final to be run, a power ranking just would is essentially a prediction of who I think will win and in what order. Couple questions going in to this. I just have no idea how much running will be involved. And assuming that a lot of it will be, I have no idea how any of these people are going to do with the running. We had the one uh, two episodes ago, you know, run the mile loop, but they also. Well, there's a lot of endurance in that, obviously. Um, they are all they were all moving at a very moderate jog. Um, no shame in that. But then they were also taking a lot of long breaks every half mile, uh, looking at the puzzle, putting the puzzle together. And so it was a decent gauge. It was at least a decent gauge. Like, hey, they're all capable. I, I think everyone's going to finish this final. Um, but I have no idea how much running will be involved and how many of these people, how, how they will do it, with it. Will Janelle's back ruin her and Darrell's chances? Um, I guess it should be said, are they going to actually run it hundred percent as pairs? Are they going to switch it up? Are, is it going to be individual? What's going to go down? I have said all season long, I thought they were going to have two winners. So it seemed like they would just keep these four pairs, but maybe they switched it up. Maybe they do like they did last season and you know, at each station you have to be with a different person and it's a point system and they'd still have, would have maybe two winners. I don't know, but is Janelle's back going to ruin her chances? Um, can Nehemiah and Melinda run? It seems like the answer is yes, but like, do we abs- Do we actually know that for sure? Can MJ and John A? It seems like the answer is yes. Do we actually 100% know that John A? At least we know she got second last season. And so she just did an all-stars final. She's the only one in this group. Uh, no, her and Durrell. Uh, excuse me, her and Durrell. So big advantage, John A and Durrell potentially of, we just did one of these, you know, pretty recently. And um, you know, that, that's a good thing for them, to, just the confidence to know, like, whatever it is, we just did it, we finished it, we did well, we can we can finish well. And correction there, Darrell got second, John A. got third, right? Yeah, yes, Darrell, John A., and Kellyanne, I think, like, tied for third in points or whatever, but John A. finished, whatever. They both did great. My pick, though, to win, in order, I think, last to first. I think Tech and I are going to get last, but I do think they are going to finish um, mostly... <laughs> Uh, I just, I see them having the most trouble, uh, when it comes to the amount of puzzles that might be involved or just the working together. They are the epitome of before and after the actual challenges. They have the best team chemistry in the world. And they work so well together as advertised by the moment and quote that we just recently talked about of them with the dance, the baby coming, all that, the dances before the afterwards, the celebration, all that. But when it's actually happening, they don't hundred percent work fantastically together or just when they get flustered, their their flustered modes don't mix together very well. I think they're going to come in fourth. I think Darrell and Janelle are going to come in third, mostly because I think Janelle's back, like, I don't, I don't think it would be such a storyline this episode if it doesn't hold her up in some way. And even if it, even if we don't fully know about it, if your back's hurting again, these finals, it just there, I mean, they already suck so bad. Your back's already going to hurt after this final one way or the other and going into it with an actual hurt back. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't see how they, it, uh, if they were fully healthy, I feel like they're they might. I might have them in first, but I think they're going to get third. I think Nehemiah and Melinda are going to come in second. They're going to the Austin crew is going to come in just short, and I think MJ and John A are going to win. I think John A is going to go from third to first, be crowned like the full on queen ruler of all stars for the time being with a third place finish and then a first place finish. I think MJ has. Mike, quietly, there's a couple of moments the last few episodes where, uh, you know, not to be a weirdo about it, but he had his shirt off and I was like, dude's got a lot of muscle still going on there. Like, he's just a big dude. He's got, uh, and, but he seemed he seemed to run really decently well. They both worked so well together on that mini final. They both, they they really, they have the opposite of that tech guy We said their flustereds kind of work well together if that flustereds is a word, which it's not, but I'm just going to make it one. If, if the chips are down or if something's confusing or whatever and they're both kind of getting a little agitated or whatever, they kind of actually mesh well in those moments that we've seen. So I think MJ and John A are going to win. I think Nehemiah and Melinda are going to come in second. I think it'll be a very tight race. If on the off chance there's a twist and they flip it on up and somehow it's just a male winner and a female winner and you know, they have to rotate teams or whatever, if that happens, I, think, I still think John A wins. But I think Durrell wins on the male side. So just that little caveat. But with that, that's our predictions. We got one episode left. The final All-Stars to a champion or champions will be crowned. We will be back next week to talk about it all. That is all for this episode. As always, please, please, please hit that subscribe, follow button, and, of course, hit that five-star rating and review if you don't mind. Both on Apple Podcasts, where it's been forever, but now on Spotify as well. Follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian, on YouTube at Challenge Historian, anywhere at Challenge Historian. If we're there, you will find us very easily. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to speaking to you again next week to talk about that final, TJ's final, of course. Have a great weekend. Until we talk again, peace.